0: You're entering the content studio. Sometimes it's messy, sometimes it's a masterpiece, but the process always makes us better. We'll talk about how you can reach your audience with the right content at the right time and grow your brand through content marketing. Welcome back to the content studio. I'm your host, Michelle Jackson, and thank you so much for being here today. For this episode, I am going to roll the clocks back a little bit, okay, maybe a lot of it. We're gonna take it back to the 80s, when an entire generation felt seen with angsty movies like The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire, Say Anything. And of course, I'm talking about Gen X. It's a generation that often gets forgotten between these two equally massive generations of baby boomers and millennials. But my guest today thinks that that needs to change, especially for healthcare organizations and healthcare marketers. We are joined today by Dan Myers. Dan, welcome. Good morning. Dan is the chief strategy officer at SPM, which is GLC's sister company, but he's also the co-author of a book called Don't You Forget About Gen X, One Generation's Critical Role in Healthcare. So don't you forget about Gen X.
1: We're easily overlooked. We have to uh, every now and then stand up for ourselves.
0: We won't forget. I promise. Those darn baby boomers and millennials, they take up all the space, huh?
1: Exactly right.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This book examines the sometimes skeptical, but often overlooked generation that is having an essential and and really growing role as healthcare consumers. And um, the book really delves into how marketers, specifically healthcare marketers, can better connect with this really important generation.
1: Exactly right. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it, because it's something that over the past few years has just become is clearly more and more important as a topic and uh, really having the opportunity to tell more people about, you know, the unique attributes of a generation and uh, how to connect with them and the role that they play is is just a great opportunity.
0: As I was reading your book, getting into the introduction of it and the forward of it, it's just such an, a unique group right now because not only are they themselves important healthcare consumers, but parents of children who are they're the decision makers of those healthcare journeys. They may also be making decisions for their parents. So it's it's sort of like a trifecta of the healthcare consumer in Generation X.
1: Absolutely. And what's really interesting is we have to bridge that gap between the generational uniquenesses of those different generations. My mother was a classic dyed-in-the-wool, you know, Baby Boomer slash Greatest Generation, and my eighteen-year-old daughter couldn't be any more Gen Z if she tried. And you know, we have to navigate all of those different generational uniquenesses uh, in making them and helping them become better healthcare users and helping them navigate healthcare and other life decisions.
0: Dan, I want to take a step back to the beginnings of this book. How did this book come to be? Um, why did you see a need for this topic to be delved into?
1: Absolutely. When we were thinking about writing the book, we were motivated by a a reality that we heard a lot of conversation going on about how important baby boomers were, you know, the largest generation, they were driving driving the bus when it came to healthcare care and, and what was going on in society. And then there was this other really big, noisy generation, the dreaded millennials. You know, then they were being dissected six ways till Sunday about things like entitlement. And they were the generation of helicopter parents and trophy winners. And that was all fine and good. But we said, wait a minute. There's this group of people born between 1965 and 1980 that kind of sit in between and we knew just from our own personal experience, we're beginning to hit a stride in life that made us really important and very essential from both a healthcare consumer standpoint and a healthcare decision making standpoint. And The data seemed to suggest that we were being overlooked. The media wasn't talking about Generation X. And we felt that that was probably a mistake that um, both society writ large, but healthcare strategists and communicators were probably not as dialed into as they could be.
0: You mentioned this kind of at the start a bit, but I want to dive a little more into it. The intergenerational dynamic that exists between all of the the four generations that we're looking at today, can you talk a little bit more about, about your role there?
1: Absolutely. And I think it's not unique the way that um, I'm living my life. uh, If somebody, anybody else born during these same timeframes, and that I do have older parents uh, who are making some very complicated life choices. They're facing you know, healthcare decisions that are getting more and more significant, having greater weight. And they grew up in a time that was a lot different than our current age in terms of access to information, the ability to have choice, the ability to ask questions, and the it being societally okay to challenge your doctor and to really question some of the, any decision or recommendation you might get. And on the other hand, there absolutely is the, the millennial and Gen Z generations who look to us in many times to explain things to them because they just haven't had healthcare experiences yet. And being able to meet them where they are on their terms is another you know component of it. My mother never owned an Apple Watch or a smart TV or a smartphone. And my kid, I can't get to pick up a telephone and have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. And sitting in between that People are turning to us for advice and guidance and insight, and we have to be able to both navigate those worlds on their terms and also then think about ourselves. The other key dimension of the conversation is that, unfortunately for us Gen Xers, uh, life's toll is adding up and we're finding ourselves more and more aware of personal healthcare needs. Uh, We see in the current Gen X demographic people self-reporting high blood pressure, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes, a little bit of obesity here and there, maybe some of the fatigues of a life of playing recreational sports with achy joints and sore backs. And also, quite honestly, all of those routine screenings that we're supposed to get, you know, our routine mammograms, our routine colonoscopies, those sorts of things. Life is just beginning to make healthcare much more of a front of mind issue for us. And for ourselves. And so, not only are we very much influential in the decisions of many other people's healthcare choices, we are having to make more serious healthcare decisions ourselves.
0: And in the book, you call Gen X the first generation of self directed consumers as it relates to healthcare. Can you talk about what you mean by that?
1: What's really wonderful about being a Gen Xer is that we are the first generation that really lived with a life before the internet and after. And really, we're there in the middle of the launch of the information age on a number of industries, healthcare just being one of them. If you think about financial services, you know, before the 1990s, nobody thought about day trading and managing their own portfolio online and, you know, becoming a self-investor or, you know, those things just didn't happen. But then the information became available through the internet. And, same thing held true for gen xers as it related to healthcare we are coming of age as healthcare consumers with more information at our fingertips than our parents ever had but having led a life without that information and a real appreciation of how things used to be and having watched our parents go through this phase of their lives without it we have the ability and the wherewithal, and we've kind of been trained, quite frankly, over the last 20 years, how to be more self-directed, whether it's buying a washing machine or a TV or finding a place to go on vacation. All of those things that we've done through the internet, we're now bringing that discipline and that experience to our healthcare activities.
0: In giving advice to healthcare organizations, what are some of those top qualities that Gen X generally um, is demanding in their healthcare provider, in the hospital that they choose, in the home healthcare service that they choose, etc.
1: So there's two things to, to keep in mind that are important around Gen X. The first is just our age. you know. So the oldest Gen Xers are 56, 57 years old, and the youngest Gen Xers are in their early 40s. There's great research that shows that in the course of your life, between the ages of zero and 40, you'll only spend about 25% of all the money you're going to spend in your life on healthcare. And then between the ages of 40 and 65, you'll spend about 35% of all the money you're going to spend on your life in healthcare. And then after the age of 65, you pretty much spend the rest. So two important things to take away from that. One is to this point in their life, most Gen Xers have spent very little on health care, which means they've paid very little attention to health care, but they're just starting to pay attention. They're just starting to form those relationships. And what we have found is that the relationships that people form in their 40s to 50s to early 60s are the relationships that dictate what they will do in their health care the rest of their lives. It's really hard to get somebody in their 70s to change their doctor, to go to a different hospital because they've just built up kind of an inertia and a momentum around that. So one of the key reasons why Gen X is so important is this is a generation that's just beginning to form those relationships that will direct how they consume healthcare and from whom they consume healthcare for the rest of their lives. Lose them now, you may lose them for the next 40 years. So that's a really important point to keep uh, in context around why this is an important generation. The other thing that's really important to understand then how to connect with this generation is understanding how we grew up. A couple of really important things happened in the 80s that um, influence how to connect with Gen Xers going forward. Right around 1980 was when the average household, two lines crossed from just the father went to work to both parents going to work, which means that from about 1980 forward, most people grew up in a household with two wage earners. Why is that important? Well, the most important element of that is like we came home from school and nobody was home. There was nobody to, to, to take care of us, to get us to the next soccer practice. To do, we had to fend for ourselves. And so Gen Xers became amazingly self-reliant. So we figured out how to get ourselves to soccer practice. We figured out how to entertain ourselves. We figured out how to get dinner started some nights. you know. And that's really important in understanding how we approached decision-making. The other thing that happened is, quite frankly, the 80s were a really confusing time, and there was a lot of skepticism of government and skepticism. There was the Cold War. There was all sorts of just global unrest. There was the AIDS crisis. There were a lot of different factors that really got us to say, we're not just going to trust authority. We're not just going to trust adults. We're going to figure things out on our own. So when appealing to Gen X, There's a couple of things we'd say. First of all is we are information hounds. We are hungry for information. So we will very much do our research to find out what it is about your product, about your service that resonates with us, appeals to us, and meets our needs in the best way possible. We will not just take your word for it because we grew up skeptical and fending for ourselves. We'll listen to what you have to say. We'll even respect trusted authorities, but we're also going to validate. We're going to do the research on the back end. A health system, a healthcare provider that wants to connect with a Gen Xer should very much present authoritatively their credentials, their credibility, their understanding of a particular situation and their unique abilities, but then also provide the backup. Give us the resources to validate, you know, show us your success rates, show us your customer satisfaction scores, you know, those sorts of things that will help us not just take your word for it. And that's a big generational difference. The other thing that we want is better communication that is more transparent. We really do like being in dialogue and conversation with other people. We can smell when you're trying to hide something. So be transparent, put the information out there. Again, we grew up in a time where there was a skepticism of what was going on in the world, what was going on in politics, what was going on in just our communities. If you're not transparent, we'll know it and we'll hold that against you. But once you win our trust, we're extremely loyal. And we see that in just Surveys that we do around Gen Xers and their loyalty to brands, um, whether they be automotive brands, personal product brands, service brands, whatever it might be. Once you've earned our trust, we can definitely be a customer for life. So there is a benefit to meeting us where we are, because in the long run, we will definitely reward you with that loyalty long term.
0: You know, something that you said early on that makes me think of, of certain healthcare organizations that put a lot of emphasis on reaching that 2030 crowd trying to get in through, for example, a a woman having a baby, they see that as an entry point into getting them into the system for a lifetime. But it it sounds like you're going to see limited success when your focus is on that younger generation versus this is the important generation to be focused on.
1: You hit the nail right on the head, Michelle. That is something that we've been trying to preach for a number of years. So the average woman has her first child in her mid to late 20s, and maybe has subsequent children through her mid 30s. Over the next 10 years, she's primarily responsible for the health care of those children. So it's important that you have services that connect with her to keep those children so they grow and develop in the way she wants. But by and large, we also see that the woman tends to put her personal health care second in those moments. The other thing that we noticed just looking at census data is that people move in their 30s um, before their kids get into junior high school, typically, um, because it's really hard to move that kid once they're in high school. And the average person moves more than 50 miles away from where they used to live. So even if you're in a place like where I live in Chicago, we lived in the city until our children were born. So all the work that our downtown hospitals did to develop a relationship with us in our 20s and 30s was, was very nice of them but we moved. Uh, And when we moved out to the suburbs, we formed new relationships with new health systems. And so that notion of get the mom when they're a new mom and you'll have them for life is a little misplaced.
0: So Dan, we know that statistically, many companies are run by Gen Xers and specifically female Gen Xers. What does this mean in terms of Gen X and female Gen X being those decision makers for um, a large number of people, their employees and their employee family members?
1: That's a really great point, Michelle, and and one that we really think underscores the importance of why you shouldn't overlook Gen X. And just to keep in mind that these Gen Xers that are leading these businesses are bringing their Gen X sensibilities to their personal healthcare decisions and the decisions for the people that they are responsible for as corporate leaders. And so those traits. Biases and proclivities that you would keep in mind as you would talk to them as a potential user of your service also should be kept in mind in their role as a decision maker for a much larger enterprise.
0: How does this generation's tech savviness play into their healthcare decisions and the healthcare decision-making processes?
1: When it comes to balancing you know, both old tech and new tech as it relates to healthcare decision-making, Gen Xers would say that they get the best of both worlds because we're perfectly comfortable navigating both sides. You know, we use all media. When I look at um, our media usage habits that I see in our customers through the work that we do, we are heavy consumers of digital media. No doubt. We have our streaming services. We spend time on our phones. We report having done healthcare searches on our phone, those sorts of things. But guess what? We still get newspapers delivered to our house. We still get magazines delivered to our house. And we have favorite TV programs that we watch on a box on the wall through our cable service. You know, we use all sorts of platforms. What that means is we're accessible in more ways. And we're comfortable with getting our information, quite honestly, through advertising because we grew up with advertising as the primary way that we learned about new products and services. When I was younger, if you heard about an event that was occurring or a new car that was coming out, the only way you heard about it was through an ad in the newspaper or an ad on the radio or whatever it was. We also got used to hearing personalities on the radio. You know, there was a disc jockey that or a radio host that we tuned in every morning to listen to. We're used to having Other sources influence how we make decisions in all areas of our lives. And we still are as adult Gen Xers. We didn't stop doing that. People don't stop using one form of media and replace it with another. We just keep adding. And so when it comes to your question around technology, it's just additive. You know, we're still going to read articles in magazines about things. We're still going to read articles in newspapers about things. And then we're going to listen to podcasts about them. And we're going to watch videos on YouTube about them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to decide for ourselves. We're not going to take any one source is piece of information as the gospel. We're going to synthesize it and make that decision.
0: Dan, COVID specifically sort of forged a new technology path in terms of healthcare with telemedicine. What is your experience? How has Gen X reacted to that? And what should healthcare organizations know about telemedicine as it relates to Gen X?
1: I think Gen X is a transition generation in many ways between boomers and millennials. And some of that is just because of are generational and some of it is because of our just where we are in our lives. What we've seen in our research is that millennials rushed into telemedicine and they are the most likely generation to say that they will drop their doctor if they don't offer telemedicine as a particular uh, mode of interaction. What we're seeing among Gen Xers and what is i think that great transitional truth about gen x is that we really value personal interaction. So while telemedicine is awesome because it's a way to have personal interaction that's better than say texting your doctor or emailing your doctor, there's still a level of impersonness that we really value. And again, some of that might be life stage related because as we're having more serious conversations about our health, like I don't know if you know, anybody in their 50s wants to have a sensitive conversation about the possibility of colon cancer via Zoom. I think nobody, regardless of your generation, what we're gonna follow over time is to see whether it's a cohort effect or an age effect. And is it just that, well, millennials feel a certain way today because quite frankly, they're not having to have serious healthcare conversations electronically. But when they do, they're gonna say, you know, I wanna have the human empathy of that connection that comes from two people being in a room together. So JetXers, as it comes to telemedicine, totally value the convenience and the help. Uh, you know, we did telemedicine consults for my son when he had ear infections because trying to go to the ER at three o'clock in the morning is not something anybody wants to do. We totally get that and the value of technology. And Gen Xers see that in other forms of technology, not just telemedicine. They want to wear their Apple Watch to monitor their heart rate. One of my coworkers had an arrhythmia condition diagnosed by his Apple watch last week uh, and ended up needing to see a cardiologist. Totally love that. We see all of these tools as being additive, just like the media is additive to making our lives better and helping us get to where we want to go and live the lives we want to lead.
0: It's not all or nothing. It's not a binary thing. Exactly. I think that's a, a great quality of Gen X.
1: And it's just a truth of how we've grown up, right? Prior to 1990, there just wasn't. And now there is. So it's like, you know, who were the first early adopters of cell phones? They were largely Gen Xers. We had Palm Pilots. We had PDAs. And we had like, we were early adopters of all that technology. We embraced the technology and we evolved with it.
0: You write in your book that Gen X was really shown to be the most informed and concerned as it relates to to COVID-19. Can you talk about why you think that is and what you think that means going forward?
1: It's a really great observation and something that we can only hypothesize around right now, but we have some pretty good guesses as to why that is. The first of it is history. You know, if you recall, our generation grew up with the emergence of the AIDS crisis We saw a global epidemic that killed millions of people all over the globe, and it was scary. And there was testing, and then celebrities got sick, and celebrities died, and it was dreadful, and there was global famine relief. There were all of these global health issues that really imprinted on us when we were really very formative. And so we believe that from a healthcare perspective, we've had an awareness of just a global health universe that because the previous epidemic was so long ago our predecessor generations didn't really have to deal with i mean you think about it what was it the spanish flu of 1918 none of them had to deal with that but we saw global health crises pass through us in our very formative years and claim you know people that we looked up to and revered and i i think that that had something to do with our our willingness to take this seriously when it first appeared the second thing is like we lived through some pretty serious global crises. If you remember nine eleven, you know, Gen Xers were in the heart of their work life in, in 9-11. And we were buying homes when the global recession hit in 2008. And we we're like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? So we are, I think, acutely seasoned to take these kinds of things really seriously. And then we, to your point, we did our homework. Gen Xers reported that they felt more informed than any other generation because they did their research. They went out and they read the articles that were published. They listened to the the thought leaders on the topic. They internalized that information. That was another one key piece. The other thing I would say is life stage. We can't talk about this enough. It's like, we looked at where we are. We are the responsible adults in the room. We have grandparents and parents who are at risk of dying if they caught this disease. They were in nursing homes. They were in assisted living facilities. They were, you know, living by themselves and isolated. We had to take this seriously for their benefit. And we have kids that are either millennials or Gen Zs who are getting their lives disrupted at school. We had no idea what would happen if kids caught the disease or if they could bring it home and give it to their grandparents. So like, so like just because of the nature of where we sat in the order of things, we had to take it seriously because people's lives depended on it. And then lastly, it's just a Gen X trait to put our head down and just do what needs to get done. And that's been a consistent trait that that we have displayed as a generation all the time. It's like, tell us what the project is, we'll go and we'll get the work done.
0: You mentioned at one point, if when trust is earned from this generation with healthcare providers, that trust stays. I wonder where trust factored into that. You know, they trusted the appropriate medical professionals and CDC and the experts in this to trust their guidance and follow their guidance and, you know, that sort of thing. I, I wondered how that played into this generation's ability to be most concerned and most informed.
1: Certainly, we see a spectrum of that across the country about trusted authorities and fake news and, and all of that stuff. I don't know how much generationally we can say about that. But what I is intriguing is when I talk to friends who live in other countries where maybe they're not as politically polarized as we were during this crisis, They definitely demonstrated Gen X traits in doing their research, looking at the range of information that was available, forming their opinion and falling in line behind those trusted sources. So I think you're probably right. It's just it maybe got a little goofed up here in the U.S.
0: Convoluted a little. Yeah, that's fair to say. Dan, thank you again for joining us in the content studio. This has been such a fascinating discussion, and clearly this is a really important generation for our healthcare clients to be focused on and to focus on for the for the next 10, 15 years.
1: Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's great just to have the chance to, to kind of raise our hand and just say, hey, look over here if you want. We won't draw a lot of attention to ourselves, but we'll let you know if you're missing something.
0: Don't you forget about me, right?
1: Exactly right.
0: Dan and his co-author, Alan Shoebridge, are going to be in Salt Lake City, May 16th, presenting about Gen X and healthcare engagement strategies at the Forum for Healthcare Strategists. So if you plan to be there, be sure to check that out. Dan will also be joining GLC in our co-sponsored booth, which is Booth 15. If you want to purchase Dan's book, it's available on Amazon. Dan put together a pretty amazing playlist on Spotify with some really incredible songs from the 1980s that Gen Xers and really all generations will love. So there's some Simple Minds, some Journey, some Toto. You guys have to check it out. And you can find links to both of those in the show notes. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Content Studio. Be sure to visit us online at glcdelivers.com.